Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. on the air that's my thing for him <laughs> he needs a neck one neck tattoo <laughs> with my face as a cartoon character plaster caroline <laughs> that would be so good but see it's kind of like if Corey went and got a uh, eco bee one it would be like in two years that version is no longer there so you have to kind of stay on top of what's something that's going to be permanent right? marketing changes laser removal <laughs> i don't know if we have that brand well there are brands that do like you know there are brands out there where they get the tattoos i I don't know. So maybe like a challenge. If anyone knows anyone with an equally tattoo, like maybe that's, maybe that's the way to win this. Never, never mind, you know, who your favorite actor is. It's Around the House. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the with Eric G and Caroline B, where we talk home improvement, interior design, and healthy homes every weekend. Thanks for joining us today. Caroline and I have a great guest in the studio today. We got Corey Fox with Ecobee. Welcome to Around the House, brother. Thanks. Really appreciate you guys having me. Hey, hey. Yeah, this is awesome. And uh, I'm familiar with your product, my last house. I took one other product that I won't mention out and put yours in <laughs> because it wasn't working well and your guys' rocked it. It was awesome. We love it, That's Ecobee. not surprising. It's um, If I had more fingers and toes, there are so many stories of folks that I have met over the years who have an Ecobee. Um, it's really, really interesting. And that spans the gamut from folks who work at utilities to you know, homeowners to uh, a lot of, you know, people who work in the trades. So um, it's a really good product. Well, let's, let's just reset the stage here for everybody out there that goes, what's an Ecobee? Because <laughs> you, we all know what it is, but there's so many people out there that have that 1972 thermostat and they keep wow. swiping it left and right to change the temperature. And that's all it does. And they have no idea what the rest of the world is like. Yeah, no, thanks for that tee up. Um, so Ecobee is a smart home company. They're headquartered out of Toronto, uh, Canada. And the flagship product that uh, we'll probably spend the majority of the time talking about today that most people are, are familiar with, with our brand is a uh, smart thermostat. So um, back in uh, 09, we launched uh, under our spiritual leader, Stuart Lombard. Uh, launched the um, first smart thermostat. Um, the company has scaled and grown significantly um, from then. So that's what we are known for. Um, and there's a lot of things that we do with the smart thermostat and then some of the ancillary products that we've come to market with um, over the years. And for people who don't know what a smart thermostat is, so a lot of people just have a traditional, maybe they have a Honeywell, right? And it just tells them their traditional temperature and maybe relative humidity. 
Tell them how a smart thermostat can help them. What can this do for a homeowner and why would they want one? Yeah, so it uh, really simply automates savings. So we're all busy with our lives, even while a lot of us are fortunate enough to work from home during this really (laughs) odd, interesting time. Um, Exactly. But it's technology that helps um, uh, with the heating and cooling system. And so if we peel back for a second, um, the reason why I joined Ecobee and why a lot of the uh, colleagues that I have joined Ecobee is because, um, and this may sound a little bit uh, corny, but we all want to do something good for the earth. Um, And it's a really fun band of characters that uh, I get to work with. And when Stuart was looking to build a product, he's a product engineer. Um, He spent some time um, thinking about how he could best help himself, the planet, um, and find something good to do with his time. And so as the story goes, Stuart was spending uh, a holiday away from the house, came back. He had done a setback on his old Honeywell, I think is what it was. Um, came back and the kids were all really upset and angry because the thermostat had set it back way too cold. And so he said to his wife, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way that like the thermostat should know that we're pulling into the driveway and start to preheat the house. And so that's cool. what he built. And that's really at the end of the day, what any sort of smart thermostat does is it leverages anything from uh, weather data, occupancy data, um, comfort settings, um, kind of meshes it all together um, and and automates the savings of what is in most houses the number one um usage of either electric or or some sort of fuel in the house. And when you start to peel back from that, the reason why I joined, and again, why a lot of folks joined is that one little simple piece of technology uh, at scale has profound impact on what we're sort of facing as a global economy and the need to reduce uh, carbon. And so one of the most simple things that um, can happen is by just lowering um, your heating and cooling usage and at times when you don't necessarily need it. And that's what technology does. And that's what smart thermostats do. That was a really long winded answer. I'm not sure if that. <laughs> <laughs> that's and awesome. Also- but you know, here's the one thing I enjoyed about having it in my house and I don't have it in mine because I've got a, a new carrier system that has all the crazy computer stuff. And with all those wild features that, has its own kind of branded thermostat. But long story short, what I enjoyed it in my last house, because I had a very simple heating and cooling system. It was a it was a uh, gas-fired heater with a with an air conditioner, single zone, and I had an upstairs and a downstairs, and I could put a sensor upstairs, and I could tell what humidity and everything else was mm. going on in the house, and it gave me information. Yeah. So I was going to say from an indoor air quality, from an indoor air quality perspective, right? So as an indoor air quality consultant, the biggest thing I want people to look at is humidity level because it's going to prevent dust mites. It's going to prevent mold. So we're looking at not only energy savings, right, but hugely creating a healthy home environment by just putting a thermostat in that tells you relative humidity. So to me, this is an easy thing to do. It makes sense from a money standpoint. And then also from a health standpoint, you're going to keep that relative humidity between 30 and 50% in a home, reducing bugs, dust mites, mold. 
So it's a, it's a win-win on all counts. And I think they're fabulous. Yeah. And you may not even be aware of this. So speaking just for our brand, some thermostats um, have the ability to show, I want to be as friendly as possible to the, you know, the world of OEMs that are out there. Some thermostats mm -hmm. have the ability to show relative humidity, but I'm not aware of any other brand that today um, is taking that data and really using it to better inform how that heating and cooling system operates. So from what you just said, we know that comfort is impacted in there. We want the 30 to 50% for a lot of healthy reasons, but then, you know, maybe some days we want a little bit higher or a little bit lower, depending on what the ambient is and what the wind speed mm -hmm. is, et cetera, et cetera. And so actually, Oh, maybe 18 months ago, we, Ecobee, released uh, a firmware update called EcoPlus. EcoPlus is a lot of things. I'll just be really clear on that. It's a lot of things, and I'm not going to try to unpack all of them, but one of the things or features that's in there is something that we used to call feels like we've had to move away from, from, from that um, branding. We're still in the middle of rebranding what that is semantically called, but um, it it optimizes around the comfort settings um, that it has learned from the users in that house and mm. estimates the thermal profile of like what needs to happen based on the humidity. So it it's, creates its own little humidity index. Humidex is actually what uh, my Toronto colleagues call it and opti yeah. can optimize around that, which is pretty significant when we start talking about um, you know, not only the need to deliver a, a healthier home, but how, like, how do we, how do we do that? Do we do that manually or does technology take a part of it? And so this is very cool. Um, it's almost like a little artificial intelligence. Like we're throwing all this information into this system and it's going to start to think for us, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's and literally, that's what we do. So that's what EcoPlus is. It's a, um, what we're able to do is take all the learning from the nine previous years of all the um, Squircle devices that we have. Uh, so that's the Ecobee 3, 4, now Smart Thermostat with Voice, uh, and 3 Lite, millions that are out there on those. We take those, they go through a machine learning algorithm, and they spit into some AI, and what comes out is a really good thermal profile unique that's to awesome. every single house and the occupants that are in that house, because Eric might be more cold-blooded than me. I'm sometimes really warm-blooded, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not as warm-blooded as I thought. So it's unique to both understanding the thermal profile of the house and how the how the users are using it. But yeah, we do that all the time. And we're not the only ones. There are other companies that do that too. And Eric, we have to talk about the giveaway. Giveaway, giveaway. We do. We'll talk about the giveaway after this question. I want to, <laughs> we'll tease that for a second here, but there always seems to be in a household, the when there's two people in a household, whatever those two people are, there is the, the cold, house is too cold, oh. the house is too hot, and one person is sitting there going, I'm on my team, I'm, they're on their team, and where's that <laughs> common denominator in the middle? Too hot. And what's funny is I've noticed with that, yeah, we all have this, right? It's, there's <laughs> always this debate. Rarely are two people exactly on the same page on this. That's kind of the unicorn. But it always seems that, for me at least, when I've paid attention to that, it's more humidity than it is temperature because my smart yeah. thermostat's doing, you know, in the past is like, hey, it's it's set at 70 degrees. It's been 70 degrees all week, but all of a sudden the house is cold and oh, wow, we lost five or seven points in humidity. 
Yeah, there's so many, there's a there's a few pieces to unpack there, right? So marital bliss is often centered around <laughs> the, the, or partner bliss, just to be agnostic. Partner yeah. bliss is often centered around that that thermostat and that control. Um, I'll share with you. I don't know if I even shared this uh, with my wife previously. So when we lived um, in Baltimore City, we actually had an eco B, and what I did was I set a band. So there was a way to set it in the user profile. And so that way the max setting wouldn't go too, too high and the, and the low setting wouldn't go too, too low. And of course, once we started to have kids, all of that changed and I had to get rid of that. But that's, that's maybe one way to sort of rein in a little bit of the marital bliss and give some, some preferences. Other, there's other cases where you can do something like that too. But yeah, temperature set point. Oh man, that's a fun topic. <laughs> How does the voice technology work? So for our users who or, or listeners who don't know about the technology, it's got a voice activation, right? So how does that work exactly? Yeah, really good question. So um, Amazon's uh, uh, Alexa Fund is actually a uh, small investor. They have uh, no bearing on the technology per se. So th there's a number of investors uh, in Ecobee. Um, I just wanted to be clear about that because sometimes there's some confusion in the market about, well, you know, Amazon was an investor. Is that why you have voice? So when we put in voice, it actually, the two weren't married. They just, it just happened to be that way. Um, and we mm -hmm. went with Amazon way back when, because at the time it was the only voice platform out there. Um, and it was the leading voice platform. And so we've had discussions with the other voice manufacturers about adding their voice. And I'm hopeful that uh, when we have a new SKU, um, that those additional assistants will be in there. But to answer your question a little bit more succinctly, Carolyn, um, it's essentially like taking an Ecobee uh, and an Echo and squishing them together. So it's we have full uh, Alexa parity, which means you can do uh, drop-in calling. So I don't have mine set up, but if I wanted to say, hey, call Graham, you know, with my voice right now, I could actually do that through my Ecobee thermostat. Um, cool. I don't have the stats too in front of you, but one of the unique cases that we weren't prepared for on the product side was how many folks were actually listening to music. So we now have, uh, through their Ecobee, sorry, I should finish that sentence. Um, how many folks were listening to, uh, uh music through their, through their Ecobee. And so when we came out with the smart thermostat with voice control, which is the one we're giving away today, uh, we now have full Spotify, uh, ability that through that as well. Yeah. We love music, Eric. Eric and I are music yes, buffs. Yes, we do. <laughs> Got to listen to the music through the Ecobee. So that's the, you know, this is the, this is the great, you know, little lead into giving one of these away, which we're going to do online at our aroundthehouseonline.com website. And we have a key here. So we'll, you're going to have to go back and listen to the shows here to find mm -hmm. out who we're talking about, but Caroline has a favorite movie star mm -hmm. and, and you do, and I make fun of it, which is awesome, but I'm going to give <laughs> hey, a quick hey. little movie liner here and uh, you guys are gonna have to figure this out. Or if you don't know who this is, you're going to have to go back and listen to an episode of around the house and make sure that you catch it because we talk about this person, but here's the, here's the little movie quote. I'll see you in another life. When we are both cats. I'll see you in another life when we're both when we're cats. we're both cats. And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> That's my Before, celebrity let's crush. let's talk about that, uh, that, that uh, 
Ecobee with voice control because that's a cool unit that we're yeah, giving away. Yeah, so um, besides having full uh, Alexa parity built in, um, that's our premier SKU that also ships with um, a remote sensor. So back to what you were saying, Eric, a couple of minutes ago, um, in the ability to have one of the sensors around, it's sort of one of the things that Ecobee is known for. We invented the sensor um, to go with it. And the reason is because I'm going to say most often, but maybe it's just often, you know, the thermostat's located in this really weird hallway. And that's not necessarily the one spot that we yeah. want to measure how we want to derive our comfort. Against the wall, right? Right. right? So like that really weird. It's always against the wall and by the air return oh, yeah. too, it For- seems. Just, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, it's the place that has the most air movement and you put the thermostat <laughs> there. Thanks guys. Yeah. Appreciate well, it. Well, it's always run for the wire, right? So it's like, where's the most convenient wire? Um, which turns out is not necessarily the most convenient spot to try to ascertain what our comfort is. And then we're going back to like temperature up, temperature down, the whole marital bliss thing. So um, we ship in that skew with a uh, smart, I mean, with a, um, uh, we have with a smart sensor. Um, you can pair, uh, up to 32 of those, um, with, yeah. So it's a really Mm. awesome company because everything is product driven. So, um, everything that we engineer is probably viewed by some as over-engineered. Um, and again, it just goes back to the founding of Stuart and his background, but the product, and it's again, one of the reasons why I joined is, um, is a fabulously thought piece of equipment um yeah so you can you can ostensibly i guess if you wanted to have you know comfort in every single room or every single part of your house you could easily with you know up to 32 uh most of our folks have probably two or three of them if you have three cents let's say you had 35 sensors would it take a balance like how would it when it's gathering this information is it going to balance out what the temps are in the room and then how does it adjust accordingly or would you have multiple thermostats? I mean, obviously with different zones, if you had different zones, you'd have an individual thermostat. Yeah, no, good question. Sorry for cutting you off there. Um, I'm going to do my best not to overcomplicate it. So with our smart sense, the reason is because if you look at other product manufacturers, they've they've maintained simplicity. So we want to maintain simplicity, but at the same time, give folks features. It goes back to what I just said about engineering. So actually there's three ways to do it. You can do what's called um, averaging, which kind of means that like you're not happy and I'm not happy and we picked a middle point that we're both not happy at. So it's just a bunch of unhappiness. Um, I had a marriage like that once, but that's a whole other subject. (laughs) Um, Uh Oh, the ex-wife comes again. (laughs) You can pick something called um, uh, follow me, um, which means if you had those 35, it would based on a time delay, figure out on occupancy that, you know, you're located in a room and choose that one. That's cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool feature. So spooky. It's like stalker stalking me. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't see that data. We don't see the occupancy data, but you can set that up. So you can choose average, you can choose follow me. Again, follow me knows that rather than me down in the basement right now. So if I'm up on the third floor, if I'm working in the attic, that it's going to automatically choose without me having to make the decision that that's where it should figure out what my comfort cool. it should be. So if I like 72-ish, then without the humidity complexity, then that's what it's going to derive based on me being up there as opposed to the basement. And my house probably has a five-degree delta. Um, so there's often savings with that depending on where you're located in the house. And then 
The third feature is Smart Home and Away, which uh, with Eco Plus, we tag as a little bit uh, more funny as Smarter Home and Away. It's still Smart Home and Away. We just got better with our algorithm and a little bit tighter there. But it's uh, occupancy-based. You can also use your phone with GPS in, you know, pre-COVID times, or I guess for some folks still uh, during COVID times, you know, like when you're leaving the house and what you want your temperature set back to be and all that fun stuff. And then when you come back, do you want it to pre-cool or pre-heat, any of that stuff? So this, it's, I told you it's going to be a long-winded answer. There's three ways to use our sensors, which is um, very unique to the market. It's great. Well, then you guys have other things that go along with this too. I mean, you guys have accessories like nobody else. I mean, you guys have the whole like sweet dreams baby kit. So if you've got the baby, you can put the the monitor camera in there and it works with the system. I mean, you guys go pretty deep on the accessories that go with that. Yeah. So if we rewind to last March, which we all know what that date was or that month was for all of us when all of this started. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually were in the throes of releasing um, some new hardware and some new services. And so we had a really interesting decision to make as a company. Do we release when everybody's got stay at home orders technology that's really meant for being out in the world? Um, And part of that was a, um, we call it Haven, it's home monitoring. Um, but it's light security. So it's, you know, security without, you know, calling the um, the fire department or police department automatically, which is sort of how security is defined. So we can do all of that yeah, um, just with a camera that we built and our existing um, hardware for a um, smart thermostat. And we leverage occupancy. We don't need any other, de- de- you know, like um, pieces of hardware. Obviously, if you have stuff for windows and doors, that's helpful. Um, but we don't need any sort of keypad or anything like that. So it was actually quietly pretty revolutionary because it took a lot of the hardware out of it. Goes back to a little bit of the core of the company, where everything that we build, we build with sustainability in mind. And how do we how do we get bad math? How do we get this thing where we like to call one plus one equals five? So if I take one piece of hardware, I smart thermostat, add a camera, what are the five different value props that we can derive out of that? Rather than saying like, you know, I need to I need to build the baby monitor. I also need to build an air quality monitor and I need to build a smart thermostat. How do we start to take that technology and mesh it together? Um, so we released that last year and yeah, it's pretty cool, the Haven subscription service and what we've been able to do with that um, throughout the course of COVID. Yeah. And I think it even works when you're inside the house. So like, let's say that you're, well, you're talking to us right now. And, and let's say you had on the second floor, you had the kids up there playing, doing their schoolwork on their online meetings and all that kind of stuff. Technically then you could log in and have another computer sitting there and you could keep an eye on the kids to make sure they're not killing each other within the house. Right. Cause <laughs> you've got a camera set up to keep an eye on it, to make sure that they're actually doing what so they I probably shouldn't say this, doing. but I mean, it's been our childcare throughout COVID has been that, that subscription service. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Only slightly. Uh, but you're right. Yes. I <laughs> the point. Yes. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, home, home monitoring. If you're out of those home monitoring, if you're in the house too, and there's lots of different use cases, you hit on the one that we've started to talk about and feature um, I'll say recently, but in the last couple of quarters, which is the baby, the baby monitoring aspect. Um, but you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, I've had, I've had, uh, two kids and there's a strong need to not only pay attention to make sure 
um, that the baby's doing okay, but then also provide comfort and health. And so just going back to if you have one of those sensors in the room, you can actually choose the follow me feature and lock in. So you could actually have a sensor that says like, you know, the baby's taking a nap and I really want to lock in to that room being probably a little bit warmer is um, how most of us choose that. But um, if it's cooler, that too. So um, yeah, we have a lot of different pieces of technology to be able to derive comfort, health, and, uh, and savings. That is cool. That is cool. Yeah, it is. Go ahead. I was going to say, Eric, like, so where do you see like the future of this going? Like, so obviously adding accessories, right? Adding the more we can take away from something that we need, right? Like, so, or, or provide something that we need as a resource through the house. I mean, do, what are the plans for the company moving forward? Where do you see this going? Or even as your own opinion, how big can it get? Oh, are you asking me this? Oh my God. Oh yeah. <laughs> I am not the expert. <laughs> I, have an, I have an answer too for this. I would so, love yeah. to hear Eric's answer, um, but I have an answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's where I see this, because once you go into the world of the voice, activation type of stuff you're now opening the world up of being able to turn other things on with your thermostat right mm -hmm. so using alexa as a voice i can sit there and turn my shower on upstairs with that mm -hmm. i could sit there and say you know alexa turn on eric's shower and i had to look over here to make sure that mine was muted because i think my wife's up there in the bathroom and i did not want to turn <laughs> the shower on so <laughs> but you know what i mean that's some of the stuff you can do and we've had a common joke in my house because i have so many smart home things in there and actually one of my tasks this week on my honeydew list is to get the voice activation turned on all of them because she'll be in the kitchen julie will and we'll go to use the timer and four or five other devices will go <laughs> that feature is not activated on this device. And she's like, stop, because I haven't turned it all on on everything. And so I think that you're going to see much more home integration. You're going to see it where, you know, appliances, you'll be able to turn the range on through that. You know, you could be in there mm. taking care of the baby and use that, for instance, right? Use a voice feature like that down the road where you can turn on something else in the house. So you're not only you're doing heating and cooling, but you're running everything else. Well, then also incorporating it, a lot of the ventilation companies are coming out with their own independent smart ventilation, right? So hopefully incorporating that all in, um, and I know it seems like a daunting task, but figuring out a way, you know, the windows can open if your CO2 is too high or if you've got, you know, who knows, maybe you've got a carbon monoxide issue and you have to leave immediately. So all those sensor systems that indoor air quality people we look at as, you know, red flags, hopefully it can provide us some detailed information as to how to help a homeowner. Yeah, you're exactly. Oh, go ahead. And I was going to... I was going to say, now, if Ecobee could just come out with a grill that opened and shut with the smart sensor in that room, you've got a whole new type of system going. I totally agreed. And depends what, well, like, what are we grilling here? Are we grilling, like, pork belly? Like, I mean, I live down in Baltimore, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Succulent oh, pig. Right? It. Um, I just had pork belly last night. We were just talking about that, ironically. But <laughs> I think you I think you both have, have, have hit the hammer on the nail, which is that we have collectively a vision of how we would like to take away these manual aspects of our lives and how technology can help. Um, one of the key things that's going to get us there is the ability for consumers to use products from different manufacturers in ways that they can't today. 
And interoperability is the word I'll choose. It's challenging today. And it's challenging because there isn't a, a standard in place. And it requires, I mean, literally, if you start thinking about it, it requires an integration between two companies and then, you know, at, take that at scale. So, you know, how many different appliance manufacturers are there or component manufacturers are out there? You know, not only are we in the hundreds, we start talking thousands. And so you start talking about what that means with what you sort of mentioned earlier with, well, we have occupancy in there. We need to be very thoughtful about how occupancy is used. And so we want to make sure that we're protective of our consumers' data. And it's the same thing for, for other companies. And so that is where the rubber meets the road. And it gets challenging because you don't want to share stuff that could be problematic. And so um, one of the cool things that's kind of come out of COVID is there's, um, and they just changed the acronym for it, but, and I'm going to misremember what it stands for, but CHIP, CHIP's a new interoperability standard um, started by Google and uh, uh, Apple and Samsung and a few other really large, um, well-known brands were in there too, 200 and something, I think, companies. But anyways, it's, it's the standards way, codes way approach of sort of addressing this challenge. Um, that, that's one thing. Two other things really quickly, since you mentioned, I had one other thing with Windows and I had a question for you about like appliances. So Windows, you mentioned the ability to open Windows. Sure. So actually with our Haven subscription service, if you, if you have the window and door contacts, it doesn't open and close the windows, but if you're running your cooling system, let's say, and it's a 95 degree day out and one of the contacts is on a window that's open, you'll get an alert on your phone that says, hey, Eric, by the way, your window's open and your AC's running. Do you want me to shut um, the AC off because you're kind of running it needlessly? Um, and you can say yes. Obviously, at this point, we don't have the ability to shut the window. Um, but at some, but you, you said, <laughs> but at some point, there will be the ability, you know, with an automated window to shut the window. Um, my quick question. So yep. do you have, Eric, a uh, an Alexa-enabled um, microwave? For the life of me, I cannot figure out how voice in a microwave is a, is a helpful thing. <laughs> I do not, but you're starting to see that with ranges and things like that. So, you know, let's say you're going to head off to Papa Murphy's and get the take and bake. You can yell across the room, Hey Alexa, set the oven to 425, like their commercial says, and you can not have to go do that. So you're seeing more of that. Where home There's, technology, I think, is well, go ahead. No, there's a couple sensors which are really imperative on microwaves, believe okay. it or not. So one of them is yeah. a childproof lock. So your child can accidentally go in and turn the microwave on and put their toy, whatever, in there and blow it up. So those are types of things like it's crazy. You don't think about it, right? So that there's also a sensor system now, which tells you when you turn on the microwave. So it gives you a time so you can back away from the microwave. So you don't get the EMF exposure, which is very cool. And now there's also genius sensors, which tell you when the food is actually cooked appropriately. So you're not, you're no longer like sticking it in and you're looking at it every five minutes, opening up the door and saying, oh, is it done yet? No, put it in for another five seconds. It'll automatically sense when it's done. So all of that, I mean, think about how that could be incorporated into something as simple as, you know, your thermostat and just navigating this whole, whole thing. It's amazing. You don't think about it, but it's pretty cool. 
You know what I'd like to see on thermostats one day, and I'm sure you guys have already done like 42 million case studies on it. <laughs> I would love to see a, a smoke and fire and CO2 sensor that's in the house that let's say it detects an active fire. It shuts down your heating and cooling system. It sends off all the alarms. It sends you something on the phone. So it's not spreading the smoke around to bedrooms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I would love to see down the road. And I know it's tough additional safety features of that. Cause I think it's something that you could see out there down the road that would be fairly easy to do without getting crazy into technology, but nobody have else is been, doing it. Have you been visiting our headquarters like secretly? I'm just curious. During our roadmap. Um, so the, the, actually the truth is, and I can't, again, I can't speak to other OEMs on this, but um, it's yeah. with the hardware that we have built today, there is the capability to leverage voice. So if you think about what the different things that you can use voice for, one of the use cases is you can actually use voice in a widget as a siren. You actually can. And so with the ability to, to detect temperature differences, so a fire creates, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know, the 500 degrees. I don't know technically what it creates. Yeah. You know, we can measure that and all of a sudden say to activate the voice in whatever widget, if it's the camera or the thermostat, and therefore you have an alarm uh, that goes off. Again, this goes back to that one plus one equals five. What are the five different use cases that you can get with two pieces of hardware? Um, we don't have that out today, um, but we have the means to be able to deliver on it. Great example. I was having this discussion. I think it was with Samsung in an interview last year when I said, okay, guys, you have your cooktop talking with the range hood. Why can't you put a smart sensor in the range hood that goes, wow, this range hood is now 400 degrees. We have a problem down below. Let's turn the power off because we've hit some temperature below or at least send off a warning and turn the fan on high because maybe we've got a, a cooking fire going on and you could actually have those things. You could actually stop house fires before they get started because you hit that max temperature off that and it wouldn't be that hard to figure it out. And they went, huh, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought of it. You know, and I'm like, it couldn't be that hard to figure out. It is really interesting the amount of different use cases. I mean, even on this, 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 com throughout this conversation that we're having, the different use cases that, that like, that are just so close, they're on the tip of our tongue with the technology that's already out there. Um, and yeah, that's a great one. It, like, why doesn't that exist? Cause I'm so tired of hitting, you know, the, the button that says, like, my, my oven's been on. Like, can you please, please take some of this nastiness out? And then it turns on and I'm like, who was the last person here? Like, I'm getting sucked out. This is 250 CFM. I don't want that. I just need a little bit. So, uh, yeah, like, why can't it do that? It's a great question. Yeah, and, and it can. I mean, we just, we're, there, we're, the technology is there. It just has to be figured out into the right algorithms. And, and that could really lead to, you know, Caroline, big advances in indoor air quality by just actually letting the AI do the stuff that it can do because half the time we have the materials, we just don't know how to use it. Well, and now what we have with COVID, which is interesting, we now have companies that have come out. Um, we've got sensor systems where we can put a device inside a room and test it for COVID. 
So if that sensor can do it, eventually it can be built in. I mean, how fantastic would that be that you could just tell immediately that there is COVID in the space and then you've got to immediately react to it. So that exists now. I mean, it's, it's working on a, a three-day to a five-day turnaround. So you're, the sensor goes in. We put, you know, it looks like an Alexa. It basically stays in the room. It monitors the air for three to five days. It shoots it to the lab and then we get a result. But that's what we have now. I'm just thinking for the future what, you know, indoor air quality will, will do with something like this would be amazing. I will following this, following this discussion, or maybe now I would love to know what that sensor is for my, for my own house. Um, so if nothing else, this has been yeah. a fabulous, a fabulous discussion so far, but that's, per, that's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's air answers. That's a company called air answers. You can look them up. Um, and they've got a sensor and we use them. Um, I use them as an IAQ professional sometimes when I want to monitor a situation and I want to know what's going on. Um, and I just can't get a handle on it, you know, within an eight hour period of testing or something. So I love their COVID. Their, their COVID monitor is one of the ones I, I truly like now with everything that's been happening. That's really, so, yeah. I, that's I, cool. I'm, I'm really interested to know, like, now I'm getting into the nerdy side, but I'm really interested to know, like, what, what's, what chip or what sensor they're using there. Um, so just peeling back a lot of the other IAQ stuff that I'm familiar with, um, aware, Phobot, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it's a PM 2.5 sensor that goes off. You can tie those to a couple of different smart thermostat manufacturers, either through their own app. Um, we have a developer API that enables that to happen through um, some other apps or through the protocol, if this, then that, IFTTT. Um, but this is the, that's the, this is the first time I'm hearing of something that doesn't necessarily. Yeah. So it's an impactor. So basically it looks like an Alexa, it impacts it. So it's taking air, right. Constantly and impacting it into a, into a, I guess like a, it's not like an, it's not like an indoor air quality um, cassette that we use. It's very different. It's, you have to check them out. They're very cool. And then that goes to the lab and immediately they can flag if there's COVID there. So can you imagine if a sensor was hooked to it? So as soon as it impacts on, you could read it. It's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah, that's you got it. They're, cool. they're very, their technology is very cool. So yeah, it's air See, that's cool. I'm just happy that we didn't have these like smart sensors for windows and doors when I was a teenager and I was escaping out my bedroom out. window to oh, go hang with it. my friends. I was because, going to rock concerts. No way. I was yeah, I was hanging out with my friends. <laughs> my parents think that I was sleeping. And uh, I'm very happy that we didn't have that because... Uh, <laughs> I would have gotten nailed a bunch of times, but uh, now for the parents that had kids like me, there's a better answer out Corey's there. Corey's kids are never going to on their phone. Yeah, we have to disable it all. You're right. Corey, your kids are done. Oh my gosh. The <laughs> amount of fun that was had by just climbing out of my second floor window onto the garage roof and sort of sneaking out the back. My God, my, my poor kids yeah. are never going to have that experience if we have this in here. <laughs> <laughs> My parents installed, uh, my bedroom was under theirs and it was kind of a daylight bedroom. So it was half, half buried, half not. They put in like two inch round river rock for about 10 feet in every direction to try to make it so that I would wake them up when I was going in and out. Styrofoam so. peanuts. So that's what my parents use. They just would keep that around. So like you jump off the roof and you hear like the crinkling. Yeah. Same kind of so thing. So good. So good. Oh, so, hey, I got a question for you. Since Caroline and I were talking about this earlier, Corey, do you have any tattoos? I do. I do have one, yes. (laughs) Nice. no. Oh, my God. I've been trying for a couple weeks now trying to talk Caroline into getting her first tattoo. I mean, I have mine, of course. (laughs) Well, sleep. 
I've got my sleeves. Look at, but, uh, Look at all those. I've got yep. none. <laughs> You've got none, so you're going to have to join the club. Maybe like a wrist, <laughs> like a little small one on the wrist. That's it. There, what do you have, Corey? Can you can you divulge, or is it uh, like in a private uh, space? It's so <laughs> Tattoos can be one or the other. It can be like super, like out in the public. <laughs> sleeves are a great one, right? Or you could yep. do like a hidden sleeve. Yeah. Um, or like I don't know, choose yep. your legs. And and so mine is mine is not a very public area. I guess unless I was uh, at the beach. <laughs> And then, and then, yep. so the other thing is like, do you, like, where do you put it? Location? Do you go public? Do you go private? And then the other thing is like, what yep. do you get? And do you start, <laughs> do you start mixing and matching? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, do you go with like, I want to be, I like, I want to be true to my <laughs> Irish heritage, but like, I'm really into like Buddhist thought. Like, do you, can you, can you do that? <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. I don't know. So I'm super curious to hear like a location, if you're willing to share, and then B, like what what would it like what like what would it be? Eric's yeah, gonna get see, an around the house tattoo on the air. That's my well, thing. Yeah, for him. I thought of it. She's <laughs> been saying I should get a, a around neck the house tattoo. <laughs> With my face as a cartoon character plastered, Caroline B. That would be so good. But see, it's kind of like if Corey went and got a uh, Ecobee one, it would be like in two years, that version is no longer there. So you have to kind of stay on top of what's something that's going to be permanent, right? Marketing changes, laser removal. I don't know if we have that brain. Well, there are brands that do like, you know, there are brands out there where they get the tattoos. I I don't know. So maybe that's a challenge. Anyone knows anyone with an Ecobee tattoo, like... Maybe that's, maybe that's <laughs> the way to win this. Never, never mind. You know who your favorite actor is. Um, <laughs> find the person that needs to be tattoo and let me know. That's what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> See, but you, you could get away with maybe like you know, uh, uh, you know, Jameson bottle or something like that that doesn't change as often. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know what it would be. Like a squircle. It'd be like you know the 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 square circle. We call it a squircle. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, mine tells stories. I mean, talking tattoos, I've, you know, I've got a Phoenix on my right arm. That's a whole Phoenix. And then I've got kind of a mixed story on my left arm, but it's all done kind of all planned out to be done at once. And so it wasn't like a collection of, you know, 10 tattoos over a year. It was a two year process of going every other week and, and getting it. I mean, I've got my right arm has about 43 hours of tattoo time and my left arm is about 48 oh hours. Oh my god! So, I don't yeah. even know. I, was so I need about like two like, minutes of tattoo time. Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah, I was there. Were there was times Michael Freeman's, who's uh, in Portland, here's my tattoo guy. But I'd go over there. We'd do three or four hour sessions and knock them out. So it would be like, and then you wait two <laughs> weeks for it to heal up and go back and do it again. And two weeks, two weeks on and go hit it. Two weeks off again, and then. The other thing Caroline was trying to get me to do is to try to do the show while I'm being tattooed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I did a Facebook live That'd while be great, I was getting right? tattooed uh, a couple years ago, which is still up on around the house. Oh yes. So. No, that that's what I'll, I wanted I'll to tune do. In live. live tattoo. Oh God, but you have to get a, you got to get an ATH. Just like an ATH. I could do symbol. an ATH. I could do an ATH. I, I, I got to go back in cause I'm getting, uh, my leg is next. I'm actually going to get my, uh, uh, my dad is on the patent for the artificial heart. So I have his patent drawings for that. So I'm going to have that done 
on my leg of the drawings that he did for the artificial heart. I mean, what? what? Like that's a piece of knowledge you just dropped on us. Wow. That's pretty yeah. cool. And, so. and Eric was a bass player in Seattle rock bands. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Too, but right? half the music in the show is either from due to licensing is, is bands of mine that I've used just because we don't have to get into crazy licensing agreements because, well, heck, I wrote a lot of them, so or at least played <laughs> on them. So it's it makes it much easier on the licensing. A man of side many of talents. Wow, I really wish I had that. Some of those talents. I, you know, like I know a little bit about technology and HVAC and you know utility stuff because that's sort of where I sit. But I can't play a guitar or the piano. And but you got a tattoo. You're ahead of me. You have a tattoo. Well, See? You know, I don't know because I went to go get one when I was 16. And thank heavens, there's a little bit of a law that says like you have to be 18 or at least need parent signature because I would be so I would have had I would have been the, the person who comes in later in life and is like, can you laser this off? I don't I don't want a soccer ball on my leg. Like, that's not. That's like the King of Staten Island again. The King of Staten yep. Island keeps coming up. I want Eric to watch this movie, The King of Staten Island. Um, yep. And it's funny. He tries to tattoo kids in the park that are like the seven to 10 age range. Have you seen that? Are you a Pete Davidson? No, I have no idea. Are you a Pete Davidson fan from Saturday Night Live? <laughs> okay, I got to watch it. I got to watch it for sure. So let's round this back to uh, Ecoby here so we can get ourselves wrapped up here now that we've completely left the reservation like we always do. <laughs> We're giving away one of these, and I'm going to play the uh, the little tease here again that is our clue. Tell them you, to register on AroundTheHouseOnline.com. You must enter yep. who my celebrity crush is. And we've mentioned this exactly. over the last yep. couple of weeks. Yep. First and last name. Here is your little clue. Or you can go back as well. If you don't know who this is, you can go back and listen to one of the previous shows over the last few weeks, and you'll hear us talking about it as well. I'll see you in another life when we are both cats. <laughs> when we're both cats. That's <laughs> Corey. We hear we. <laughs> and he Corey's actually like is perplexed. a hot celebrity that I like. Like, I think so. Even and it's not like, Pete Davidson. So that's the no. thing. So uh, let me say that right now. <laughs> sorry, Pete. Really sorry, Pete. <laughs> sorry, Pete. So. <laughs> All right, Corey. So let's talk about Eco B here for a second. Anything else that we missed in this conversation about what you guys are doing out there? If somebody doesn't know, is it what's if they've got. Like, okay, I want to put this on my system, but I don't know if it's going to work with my system. What's the easiest way for them to oh, figure that question. out? Oh, way to tie this together. Um, so first off, it doesn't matter where you order it from. There's a number of different ways to order um, a smart thermostat. The other cool thing is um, there are a lot of places around the country where there are utility incentives out there. Again, it goes back to the need to... Um, save energy and why utilities are invested in that, yada, yada, yada. But there's a lot of incentive money out there to bring the price down on those. And as far as compatibility, uh, mm -hmm. I can speak to ourselves. So we have a compatibility checker. We're compatible with just under 98% of systems out there. Um, but you can go online. It's a super simple uh, check. And then you may think that you're a do-it-yourself installer. I mean, it's built for DIY. But maybe you get there and it's a little bit more complicated and you don't like colors or wires or maybe there's no colors to your wires. Um, 
we have a really, yeah, right. It totally happens. Um, we have a really simple way of um, helping customers out, uh, which is uh, through the app. You can then hire a, a Ecobee Pro to come out uh, to your house and do it. So, oh, yeah, that's good. So you have Ecobee yep. Pro. That's yep. fantastic. So we've simplified uh, the installation process as well. All right, and all that information they need to go to ecobee.com, correct. correct? Correct. All right, Corey, thanks for coming on today, man, and uh yeah, preaching the word of Ecobee today for I us really all today. I appreciate you guys um having us. So, um I probably have the authority to say this, but on behalf of the company, thank you all for reaching out and having us on, and we're super excited to be a part of this. Thanks. I'm Eric G, and I'm Caroline B. You've been listening to Around, Around the, the House. house. Eric G from around the house. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.